Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. This episode features Andrew Dumont, entrepreneur in residence at Betaworks and co-founder of Stride App, the simple CRM and sales tracking software. Hey, Andrew, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, bearing through all the weird technical difficulties we had uh, with Skype today. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. So we always like to uh, kick this thing off by learning a little bit more about um, the guest speakers on the show. So uh, where are you from? What did you study? And, and how did your entrepreneurship, uh, your interest in entrepreneurship develop? Uh, yeah, so uh, so I'm from a town called uh, called Bellingham, which is a uh, a little suburb. Actually, I wouldn't even call it a suburb. A suburb. It's kind of a, a smaller town uh, north of Seattle. So I, I grew up in uh, in the Seattle area, uh, and I went to uh, I went to a school called Western Washington University, which is just a uh, a public four year school uh, in uh, in Washington State in in Bellingham, actually. So. Uh, yeah, so so that's kind of where I grew up, and uh, you know how I got into get it, got into entrepreneurship wasn't really uh, the typical you know the the typical story of you know I, I was an entrepreneur since since birth and I was selling uh, you know I was selling uh, candy on the playground and stuff like that. I mean I, I didn't really have that that story. Um, you know I actually I got into entrepreneurship. I kind of fell you know backwards into it and, and to startups in general. Um, so uh, when I was Actually, just about to go into college, uh, I read an article in the local newspaper, the Bellingham Herald, which I'm sure you guys all subscribe to. Um, exactly. yeah, I read an article uh, in our local newspaper uh, about uh, a, a young entrepreneur who was uh, building this like group text messaging uh, product uh, out of their parents' basement, uh, and it was just him and 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 one other guy. And uh, you know, I reached out kind of randomly and I said, hey, I'm, I'm about to get into college. Uh, you know, I, I don't want the traditional work at a mall uh, for, my, for my school job. I, I wanted to do something a little bit more impactful where I could learn a little bit more. So I, I basically convinced him to let me, let me come work for him out of the basement. So, uh, so that's kind of how I got involved and I, I, I went and started working out of, uh, out of the basement for about a year and a half to two years and uh, as the product kind of pr- progressed and and we kind of you know grew the business we we raised some angel funding uh from some local angels and uh and i actually dropped out and i went full-time on it i i eventually uh went back to school to finish my degree but that's kind of how i got into uh get got into entrepreneurship and startups uh initially and i just you know kind of fell in love with it after that uh that initial experience so right now you're at betaworks so are you able to provide us with some more information about what betaworks is and what you do on a daily basis as an entrepreneur in residence yeah, so uh, so Betaworks is awesome. Uh, I, I just joined about six months ago, uh, so I moved from Seattle to New York City. So I'm based here in Manhattan now. And uh, yeah, so so Betaworks is is a pretty fascinating and, and to be honest, a kind of uh, difficult model to explain. But but basically, what they are is they're they're a mix of a early stage venture capital fund 
Uh, and then they they also have a an incubator startup studio sort of uh, sort of component to it. So uh, the first side is the uh, investment side. So we do early stage investing. Uh, we've done about 150 to 250 uh, investments, I believe. Uh, some like notable ones are uh, uh, Kickstarter, Tumblr. Um, gosh, uh, I think I saw Medium was on the list. What else? Uh, Airbnb was another big one. They they did as well. So. Yeah, Medium was on the list as well. So they have a pretty stellar wow. portfolio of, of investments that they've done. Um, and that's one side of the, the business. And then the other side of the business is um, what they call a, a startup studio, which is essentially uh, they bring in entrepreneurs and, and hackers and they say, hey, go build whatever you want. Uh, and whatever comes out of that, you know, that, that kind of starts and, and runs within Betaworks and, and hopefully grows into a, uh, into a large company. So examples of companies that have started in Betaworks uh, are Bitly, um, Chartbeat started within Betaworks. Uh, we have Dots, that game on your iPhone, in the studio now. Uh, Giphy is in here as well. So there's some some pretty good uh, companies that that started here as well. So it's it's kind of a unique model. It's not quite the the YC or or TechStars model where somebody comes with a product and a team and they go to you know to this accelerator to start. It's more you know we want to hire smart people and we want to give them the freedom to build what they want. And hopefully something cool comes out of that. So uh, that's what I'm doing actually right now uh, as an EIR. So um, I came, uh, I joined Betaworks just to, to kind of build cool products. And uh, I'm in the process of doing that right now. That's great. So what are the, some of the biggest insights and lessons that you've learned from there so far? Gosh, I mean, I think, I think the, the, the coolest thing about Betaworks is that it made it really clear to me, and you know, this, I, I've learned this in the past as well. But it kind of, you know, crystallized it for me um, that you know th there is a lot of value in stuffing as many smart people as possible in you know a, a confined space where they can learn from each other and bounce ideas off of each other. Um, that's proven to be something that is, I, I think, really, really valuable for us. And I, I've learned a ton. And um, frankly, that's that's kind of what attracted me to. To Betaworks was the uh, the number uh, of of smart people within a a, a small space. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's amazing to see it. It's you don't think it it will really have that big of an impact, but it it, it really does. Any hints on uh, what you're working on right now? Gosh, um, you know, not not really. It's it's still a little. Uh, you know, I've I've only been here for 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 about six months, and when I initially came, I actually was in a uh, more growth marketing role. So I was working across um, all of the products within Betaworks. So I, I just recently moved into this role. So it's it's still early stages. Okay, cool. So so before you know joining uh, joining Betaworks uh, and and taking on that role as an entrepreneur in residence, you used to work at at Seismic as the director of BizDev. Um, they got acquired by Hootsuite, and then uh, you worked again in BizDev uh, for Moz. So how did you hack your way into those those really cool opportunities, and and what did you learn from them? Yeah, uh, so I, w I was su one super fortunate, but uh, you know, two I you know I, I didn't go the traditional route um, to getting any of these jobs. Actually, I don't think I've ever put in an application for a job uh, ever. Um, you know, I, I've always uh, found the right person to talk to and, and stood out by you know contacting them directly and you know showing that I, I had a passion for the product for uh, you know that I've been following that person that I cared about what they were working on. Uh, and that's kind of how I got involved initially with with both of those companies. So uh, Loic was the CEO uh, at Seismic, and and uh, Rand was the CEO at Moz, and and I built a relationship with uh, each of those guys uh, independently. So that's kind of how I, I guess I hacked my way into it, uh, though I don't really think about it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it was an am amazing experience, and and Moz was a 
well, Seismic was a complete roller coaster, um, and Moz was a, you know, kind of a rocket ship over that, you know, I think uh, almost three years that I was there. So it was, yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, so, so Seismic was a bit of a kind of a smaller startup um, in, in the yeah. social media space? Yeah, that's right. And can you can you describe like you know I, I guess all startups are a bit of a roller coaster, but like just the difference yeah. in 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 kind of culture and and work environment and some of the challenges you might have faced there compared to Moz. Yeah, so they they were drastically different. So one was a you know a consumer startup, uh, the other one was a pure you know software as a service uh, product. So so Seismic was a complete roller coaster um, because we we pivoted a lot, uh, and and if you look at the, the, the press around Seismic. So I think Seismic raised something like $16 million in funding. Uh, and, you know, we initially started as a video commenting service, I believe. Uh, and then we pivoted into a social media dashboard. And then we pivoted into a, gosh, somewhat of a social CRM sort of product. So um, so that, w- that was a crazy ride. And then, you know, Moz had a very clear, you know, uh, a clear idea of what the product was, and it was really just the process of scaling that business and, and turning uh, turning revenue into meaningful revenue, which was uh, my experience there. So yeah, it was it was pretty drastic, uh, pretty drastic uh, the differences between the two. And and so, but in both companies, you were kind of in a biz dev role, uh, yeah. and I know that you've blogged in the past about the difference between biz dev and sales. So what is that difference, and and what did you do um, for both of those companies in a biz dev role? Yeah, so so Seismic, uh, our our big thing is was basically around we had this kind of core platform where, you know, back when you know people were kind of developing these 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 platforms on Twitter. So Seismic started pretty specifically as a uh, Twitter management dashboard. So uh, uh, basically, what Hootsuite was too back in the day. Uh, and you know, one of the one of the things as we were developing that product, we found that a lot of people, you know, they they wanted more services integrated into Seismic. So my job uh, in BD there was actually doing product integration, so uh, figuring out and targeting and going after and uh, getting these integrations uh, from initial concept to uh, launched and and live on the on the product. Uh, so that was purely like a you know I'd almost classify that more as like a platform uh, platform evangelism type of role. Uh, so that was what I was doing at Seismic, and then at, at Moz, it was it was really uh, channel development. So uh, you know, we we had this great product, but we needed to find a way to to grow it faster. And um, at Moz, we we actually didn't have any sales team, so we needed to find more scalable ways to to grow uh, product adoption. So a lot of what I did was I took our software product and I I, I did licensing deals with um, with other software products and other communities. Um, uh, you know, to, to to try to get the product uh, in the hands of more people, and then we had an API and and, and data product, and I, I went and, and helped uh, grow that business. So it was really just, you know, figuring out a way to kind of scale the business uh, of uh, a software business without you know people on the street, uh, people picking up phones, doing sales. While working at Moz, you co-founded a side project called Stride. What was it, and how did you hack it to twenty thousand in subscription revenue before it was acquired by Crazy Egg? Yeah, um, so that that was an awesome process, uh, and it was it was a very um, uh, yeah a, a lot to learn from there. So, well, I I, I always believe, and I I blogged about this a few times. Uh, you know, I, I really believe in the uh, the idea of side projects. So, you know, anybody that has any entrepreneurial like fire in them, they're they're gonna when they're working at their full time job. You know, it, it's not that they're unhappy with their job. They uh, there's just kind of this constant you know, need and desire to try to build something and, and create something. And, and I definitely had that uh, while I was at Moz. So 
um, you know, as I was kind of working uh, in my role there, you know, I kind of found that, you know, we were using Salesforce and we were using other products to kind of like, you know, manage uh, data, data partnerships and data leads that we had. Uh, and, and everything was just really complex and really clunky and difficult to use and, and really more than what we needed, uh, you know, as somebody who wasn't doing sales full time. Um, so we wanted to build, you know, kind of a simple product. So I, I, I went with some buddies and, you know, we, we built this thing, I think, in a couple weekends. Uh, and we ended up launching it and really not thinking much of it. We put a price tag on it of like seven bucks a month uh, at the beginning just to see if people would pay for it. And, and people did. Um, so you know, we kind of like fell backwards into it and, and really we built it for ourselves, but um, it kind of turned out that other people wanted it as well. So basically over the next about year and a half, we built it in the evenings and weekends and just kind of continued to grow it. And we got it to a point where it was doing 20K. Um, and uh, it was really getting to the point with a full-time job that we, we really weren't able to keep up with it. Uh, so uh, Neil Patel and, and Heaton and Shaw, um, we, we, we basically did a deal with them to to put it in their hands and they were going to put a full-time team behind it and, and that's, that's what they've done. So the big thing for us was, you know, we, we really wanted it to live on and we really wanted the product to continue to evolve uh, and we were having a hard time keeping up with that. D did your did your customers know that you guys were, like, that it was a side project and you guys were working on it uh, slowly or how, how did you manage yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, hey, that, that's a really good question actually. Um, <laughs> we, we actually didn't, you know, I, I think people knew, uh, although, you know, we it actually felt pretty unnatural. And, and that's the one thing that I would say that is probably a downside to, to building a like paid product as a side project is, you know, n my natural inclination is to, you know, be transparent and tell people, you know, what's going on. But then also, you know, people aren't going to pay for a product if they, if they know that the people that are working on it, you know, aren't working on it uh, full time or, or, you know, that's a, that's a bigger, bigger stretch for somebody to, to pay for a product. So we actually kind of kept it uh, a little, you know, uh, you know, uh, a low profile in terms of the people behind it. Like we weren't super transparent, like a lot of the products out there today. Um, but uh, we also didn't, you know, say that we weren't a part of it. So I would blog about it, like you said, um, you know, every now and then. But yeah, it was it was a unique it was a unique challenge, and and definitely there's you know the other challenge is you know managing uh, communication internally at at your your day job is difficult as well, and you know that was a challenge uh, in and of itself as well. Were, were all the other team members, uh, it, was, it was completely internal to, to Moz, right? It was all other people that you were working with just to solve your own need, or were there outsiders? Yeah, actually, just, just one, other, uh, one other guy from Moz and then uh, another buddy of mine who had his own uh, consulting agency. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was three, three of us, actually four of us, uh, another guy from, from that same consulting agency. So two people internal and two people external. Cool. No, I, I'm really just fascinated by because, like I said, it, it, or like you said, it was it was kind of you know very unique, and I think it's cool that you guys were able to do so well with with a side project, um, and 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 you know see it kind of passed on to Crazy Egg to continue to develop. And I mean, I think that's awesome. So yeah, it's it's a challenge, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of good things about it, and there's a lot of learnings, but uh, it, I definitely made it you know doing a side project and trying to trying to to, to keep up with it. Uh, you definitely make it harder on yourself. That's for sure. Yeah, so so you've obviously got like a ton of experience with distribution and growth, but how do you actually identify good niches or areas or or channels to go after, and 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 you know what do you do once you once you have identified it? Uh, yeah, I mean, so 
you know, when, whenever you think about partnerships in, in general, you, you kind of have to think about, you know, what is, what is the goal of a partnership? And, and you know, I, I think people think that that's assumed, you know, like, yeah, I want, I want to grow. But, but that's, that's not always the case. I mean, there's a lot of different types of partnerships. You know, there's, there's partnerships that are specifically focused on revenue. There's, you know, others that are specifically fo- focused on user growth. There's other that are, you know, more about associating two brands together. Um, you know, there's, there's stuff that's strategic you know, in terms of like potential acquirers and, and stuff like that. So, it, it, you know, the first step is to really figure out, you know, what am I truly trying to, to achieve? Um, and, you know, the partnership categories and, and partnership paths for each of those goals actually varies um, quite a bit. So, so, so that's the first step. And then within that, you basically, once you kind of figure out, you know, if I want to do a revenue specific, you know, I, I want to do revenue specific partnerships that help me grow my bottom line, then, then you basically pick, okay, what is the product that, that helps me do that? And, you know, at Moz, for example, you know, one of the things where, you know, we wanted to increase our monthly revenue and, you know, we had this API product where we would go and we would crawl the web and, and we would, we really weren't doing anything with it. Um, so, so we obviously said, okay, let's productize that and, and let's do partnerships where we're basically, you know, uh, uh, allowing other people to consume this data. So, you know, that, that's an example of doing that. And then, you know, if, if the goal on the other hand is to grow users or grow free trials, you know, then, you know, we, you want to do more of a like product distribution, uh, sort of partnership. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think the most important thing is before you kind of get into the weeds is to step back and say, you know, what is the goal and what are the mediums that I have to help achieve that goal? And then subsequently, you know, which partners, you know, w- will help me achieve those goals through those mediums. Um, so it, that, it's kind of this process of, you know, water falling down and, and uh, you know, kind of honing in on, on who those partners are and why. Because what you don't want is, is approaching a partner really not having any idea of, of what you're proposing or what you're trying to get out of it or how you can benefit uh, the other side, which is where I see a lot of of people going wrong actually yeah absolutely i think i mean determining that that value up front especially for the other side is is key um yes and 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 so you guys at moz actually had you know tons of of partners or, or a lot of different integrations um and i know that you guys went through a, a bit of a transition i guess just before you were leaving and kind of like from seo moz to moz so how did you guys yeah. kind of handle that and what was some of that um you know outcomes internally yeah. Um, well, you know, it, it's always tough changing, uh, changing the brand. Uh, but it was it was definitely an, a needed change for us. You know, so the, the reason why we made that change was, you know, SEO as it was 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 kind of evolving a lot, right? It wasn't just you know links and keywords and all that stuff. It it was content marketing. It was social media. Like all these things kind of played into organic search and and visibility on the web. You know, a, as a whole. So it was a very natural transition for us, but uh, it was, you know, it was still very difficult. Um, you know, messaging that was is, is definitely a challenge, and, and we had a really gifted marketing team that that did a, a really good job of that. But um, you know, it, it was it was a fairly smooth transition transition, and uh, you know, we we rolled out a new product as well, and there's some product learnings there as well around you know uh, launching uh, iteratively than launching a a big product all at once. But uh, you know, that's probably a discussion for another time. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good process, and it was it was definitely uh, you know changing a name and doing all that stuff is is challenging, especially as you get larger. A mm-hmm. uh, bit bit of a random question, um, just as as we kind of wrap up. Um, so, uh, you, you know, where do you think you're going to be in ten years? What are you going to be doing? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I. Gosh, I ho- I hope I I keep uh, you know I I just love uh, I don't know, man. I there, there's just something about taking something that doesn't exist and, uh, you know, either making it 
more well known or or you know creating it and giving it life and you know that's that's the thing that I've kind of just uh, fell in love with and you know I, I hope I'm either doing that or helping other entrepreneurs do that um, you know that's kind of what what I want to be doing you know is as long as I can so what that actually looks like in 10 years, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if that's me running my own company or, or if it's me investing in other companies. Uh, but uh, I know I want to be involved very, very closely with that process. That's great. So something we do on each episode, we ask our guests what some of their favorite apps, tools, or books are right now. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so, uh, so books first. You know, I, I, I read a lot of books, and I, I think that you know, initially, I, I didn't spend as much time as, as I probably should have uh, reading and, and learning from others. Uh, so I've, I've been making that a, a very concerted effort to, to, to do better at that. But um, I think the, well, I, I read the hard things about hard th- things, which was, which was good. Um, you know, it, it wasn't super like earth shattering or anything for me, but it, it was, it was a good, it was a good reminder of a lot of, um, a lot of things. Uh, but I really enjoyed uh, the new, new thing. Uh, which was kind of about the story of, of uh, Silicon Valley, you know, in the pre, pre-bubble uh, phase, which I think, you know, there's always a ton that you can learn from history. Uh, and, you know, because I think we're, we're experiencing a lot of the same things uh, today, maybe in a different context. But uh, that one was really great just to, to understand, like, where the technology industry came from uh, initially. So I, I really enjoyed that one. That was a recent one that I read. Uh, I really like Flash Boys as well, which was about... Uh, Kind of the the Wall Street and uh, what's going on there with uh, you know doing uh, trading uh, electronically and, and all that and the lag b- between it that was a really good one uh, and then I actually really enjoyed uh, I read a biography on uh, on JFK and uh, I really enjoyed that I, I really like reading biographies actually um, just because I I think there's a lot that you can learn from like other great people um, to try to like pick up things that they did or experiences that they had and try to you know, emulate certain things or, uh, you know, or kind of, you know, apply them to, to things that you're experiencing yourself. Because, you know, what you realize is when you read these, these biographies, they're, you know, people, people deal with a lot of the same shit that, you know, that, that you and I deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, being able to, to frame that a little bit, uh, you know, helps you, helps you kind of digest it. And then uh, apps, that's right. So, uh, so other apps, let's see, uh, I really like so I really like Zirtual actually for uh, managing like scheduling and stuff like that. So uh, they're basically a, a virtual assistant for um, whatever you, you need them to do. Um, so I, I really enjoy them. I'm not sure if you'd call that an app, but uh, in terms of apps on my phone, yeah, uh, a- I actually, would you call that, would you call that an app? I would I'd call that an app. Yeah, I'd sure. call it an app. Yeah. All right. Hey, there you go. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so on my, on my iPhone, I actually really like uh, Drop. Um, which is basically this this uh, notification layer uh, on your phone. So I set up certain triggers uh, that I want a push notification for. So I have one for uh, product hunt when yeah. a, a certain product hits 100 likes or whatever, um, uh, and you know some other things like that. So so I, I think that's really cool, and I'm I'm actually really fascinated with uh, push notifications and that kind of layer on uh, on our life and how that's gonna kind of change change the way we communicate with people. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been playing around with that one too. It's pretty interesting. It's good, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I actually really like Memoir, too, uh, which they're kind of like Time Hop, but they, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I think they, they do it really well. I actually think they do it better than Time Hop. Um, but basically, they, they, uh, they bring back up certain social things that you share uh, as you progress, you know, a year, two years, three years uh, ago. I mean, 
it's kind of crazy that you know we share all this stuff and you know we kind of forget about it. There's such a short time time frame on it. Uh, you know, it's good to have an app like this to kind of you know resurface things that that you share from a couple years ago. So I I really like that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, there's there's a ton of apps, right? I could I could go on all day. I, I nerd out on on every app as soon as it comes out. I always have to play with everything. But yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, I think that's a that's a common like tech thing. You always you know check out the latest apps, see how people oh, do yeah. things, look for new ideas, find things you really like, and you're like, oh, I gotta remember that. Or... <laughs> oh yeah, you have to, you have to. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, that that's awesome, man. I um, so I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. It was awesome to have you. I, I learned a ton. Good, good. Yeah, I'm, thanks for having me. I I, uh, I appreciate it. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.